0: Thank you.
1: from I don't think we crawled out of the sea at least I don't think so it's my opinion Um, but I do believe in in a creator
2: okay excellent and um, you already answered that you are assigned so we've kind of got your some background info on you to gauge the tides so let's move on to dreaming i want to i want to start with um do you dream and if you do do you have dream recall and how often is it is it a daily thing is it once in a while is it just stuff that is really crazy uh
1: i do have dream recall recall i do dream um not as often as i used to i used to dream like every night and then i i would always have recall of what my dreams were. I wanna, I wanna uh, and I had dreams you, that you, have been endless oh, over and over oh, and over dream the same thing for thing. years. I had this no, one dream is. for years. Um, and then uh, lately uh, I didn't dream for a long time because I don't sleep very often, <laughs> which is really bad. bad but, dream. Dream. Um, uh, and uh, so I don't think that I let myself get into like a REM state very often, but when now I've been dreaming for about the last two good, two good weeks that I can recall. And I remember um, most of the dreams.
2: Excellent. Um, Do you, it depends on if
1: somebody wakes me up, like if in, you know, if I'm jolted awake, I can't remember.
2: Yeah, because you have to immediately engage. In exactly. And this no,
1: re- you know, you're not waking up like going, "Oh, wow, that was a weird dream."
2: Do you do you dream in black and white or color
1: or both? Color. Okay. Yeah, and probably both. I mean, but for the most part, it's color.
2: Is it and so when you when you're experiencing color, is it sage is it is it crisp is it like this or is it how is the color? It's in, crisp. Okay, so it's pretty much like like we experience it here. Exactly.
3: Crisp and clean with no caffeine.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you ever encounter uh words and glyphs, numbers, details like left-brain details? Um
1: not that i can remember right now i don't i don't remember really any numbers or any type of signs or anything like that that's jumping out at me um i have to think about that one have
3: you ever had any any dreams come true that are notable
1: Hmm. I know I have. I just don't remember at this minute. What? Well, okay. One dream. Okay, I'll tell you about a dream I had in Southern California. Um, I dreamt that there was uh, a big fire, like a building had caught on fire, and you know there was just this massive amount of, you know. Um, Scurrying around, you know, there's all this commotion and confusion and stuff. And um, I woke up and I was like, "What the hell was that about?" And then on the news, there had been a fire in a warehouse downtown, and like a firefighter had gotten hurt. And so, and that's when I lived in Southern California.
2: You know, that was back in like 2011. Wow. So, so on reoccurring, you mentioned reoccurring stuff recently. What? What are the details there?
1: Um, now, this isn't. It wasn't recently that I I had this reoccurring dream. It happened for about a good five years. When um, it was, it was I think right before I had Jack. So when my older kids were in middle school, and then I was uh, having Jack and Ben. So it happened within like a five maybe six year period and it was um the dream was i was like in the town square sitting on a toilet and i had to wipe but everybody could see me and i didn't know how to wipe without anybody seeing
2: me
3: what, what sort of bowel movement was it
2: <laughs> did you have a squatty body <laughs>
3: Did you, you know, have the shits it, or was it like a turd?
1: I don't know. It never <laughs> like I always thought that it was like you know I'd gone poop, and then you know I had to wipe. But I don't know. It could have just been pee. I don't know. The whole it was all focused on how am I going to
2: wipe without anybody seeing me. <laughs> this is a this is actually a classic.
1: Yeah, and I I uh, dove into it, and um and I think I even talked to. Somebody who was uh, like a dream. I, mean, I may have even talked to a therapist about it, and she said it was uh, that I felt vul- vulnerable. Yeah,
2: exposed and all that. Exposed, right.
1: Which it, makes sense, you know.
2: What? How long ago was this time frame? This would have been about 10 years ago.
1: Okay. So the end, the end of it was like 10 years ago. So about six years. So
0: Jack
1: was born in 98. I would say probably 1997 to 2000, probably 2003, 2004. Maybe it might even last longer. It was, it was mainly what it was. The kids in school, and I was always fighting with the school. like. So I, I know that that was a big proponent of it. What,
2: what period of time, this is kind of on an aside, but it's all related. What period of time did you start um, digging deeper into our social dynamic that we have that you're now such a great researcher of (laughs) these details. Was it around this period or was that after?
1: Um, No, it was much later. Um, It was when I really started doing um, the deep research. It's only been about two and a half years. You know, really, really in-depth research. Um, surfacely researching stuff probably started around 2009.
2: Okay. Yeah.
1: It was, yeah, we got screwed over in the housing market, the housing market crash.
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: So 2008, 2009, that's when I came very... I became very um, unhinged about the government and <laughs> all the fuckery that was happening, and so I started looking into it.
2: Started sniffing around. Do you recall dreams from that that period? This is kind of a genesis for you of of a new, you know, of digging a little deeper. Um.
1: Well, I had some really. Bizarre dreams in Southern California when we were there. Um, and that was 2011 to 2013. Um, I can't really recall any right now that were other than other than that period of time. And that's re- that's that's when I really started digging deep. But mm-hmm. um, I don't. I am. Um, I don't know from 2009 to. That period of time, I don't... I can't really... Nothing. Nothing's jumping out at me.
2: Okay. Do you... So... And lucidity is kind of where I'm going next. Do you have lucid dreams? Do you... Are you... Do you get cues? What's your experience with lucidity in what we call the dream land?
1: I do get cues. And I've... Um, I have purposely... Um, controlled dreams in the oh, past. Right. Um, and um, as far as lucidity, uh, I've, I've actually stopped dreams as well. So I don't know if that's what you're meaning by lucidity in my are you talking about in my dreams or after I wake up or?
3: Like <clears throat> James last week, could, he could control his dreams when he wasn't scared of them completely.
1: Oh, okay. Um, yeah. You
2: where know, you're in a state like this, where you're really feeling, you know, you're, you basically know you're dreaming yet. You're not out of body, but you're aware that you're dreaming.
1: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've steered them and I've stopped them.
2: Do you have any um, experience with night terrors or nightmares?
3: Or sleep- when I was a kid, I did. How about oh, sleep paralysis? Well,
1: I had that once in Southern California, which was... <laughs> tell <laughs> us about mean? that. I'm very yeah. interested in that. Um, it was shortly... I don't know if it was the same night. Um, the boys, we were at... Uh, my two youngest boys jack and ben at their friend jj's house uh in laguna niguel and um he lived over off of a hill and oceanside's not that far which is camp pendleton but they we all saw something in the sky and like they saw it split apart and go two different ways and so then there was this huge talk about that and you know um was short was either that night or shortly after um, I had sleep paralysis where I woke up and I couldn't move and it freaked me out. And where I slept, um, so I slept on the couch in a recliner, you know, on the recliner part of the couch. But I had this big window uh, as you walked up the first landing of the Uh, stairs. There was a big window. And I could always see planes flying by and stuff. And I could see stars. Uh, You know, I could see the sky really well. Uh, And I just – I remember looking up at that window and just, you know, not being able to move. And it was scary because I wanted to get up, but I couldn't. And then I think I just uh, made myself relax and – And then it finally went away. So I don't know if that had anything to do with what we saw. I I have no idea. It was just bizarre. But those two things were,
2: seemed like they were interconnected.
1: And the window thing was kind of freaky. (laughs) A lot.
2: Yeah, I think they're totally interconnected. I'm going to hold here for a second. Are we having audio issues?
3: No, I just had, I was not muted.
2: Oh, okay. Um, So, did you, was it the, the paralysis, was it at all scary? I think it was, um, I don't think that I was, I
1: think I was mad. (laughs) I just, I recall being mad. Interesting. um, Not being afraid. Because well okay so when I had been I mean when I had Jack too I had uh, the um, oh, what is it when you an epidural but I so with with Jack it wore off fairly fast and I could get up and walk around but with Ben it lasted for hours and hours and I could not move my legs oh, no. I couldn't oh, feel no. my legs
2: oh it's terrible so it was like
1: that I and I was so frustrated. I could not feel my legs, and people were having to move my legs. You know,
2: that is a great comparison, though, to the experience.
1: That's exactly what it felt like. But it felt, you know, it was like whole body. You know, like I could move my head. That was it. Um, I couldn't move the rest of me, or I could move. Maybe I, maybe I couldn't move my head. It seemed like I had a little bit of head movement, but I could not move the rest of me. And and that's all I could compare it to was. You know, it was like having an epidural.
2: Yeah, that's that's as perfect of a comparison as I've ever heard. Do you ever get any feedback from um, anyone that's around you while you're sleeping that you're talking or making any audible noise? When I was a kid,
1: um, I talked in my sleep all the time. I, I walked in. My, I was a huge sleepwalker. Um, and... The boy, sometimes when I'm starting to doze, if one of the boys comes in and starts talking to me, like, I'll start talking to them. And I'll just say some random shit that doesn't make any sense to what they said. And then I'll, like, snap out of, you know, kind of being, like, on the cusp of sleeping and realize what I said. And I'll go, oh, never mind. You know, like, because they're like, what? And and they know by now, you know, what's going to happen if I'm in that dozing off period.
2: Yeah, I love that state is fascinating. To me. <laughs> Especially the things people will say. Yeah. <laughs> so do awesome. You, w- when you're dreaming, do you experience sound at all? Is it, is it like this or is it separate? I think it,
1: oh, wait, we're getting that. an
2: echo. Yeah. Oh, okay. We've got gremlins tonight.
1: Jerry's the gremlin. Um, Okay, wait.
2: So sound in your dreams.
1: Oh, yes. 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 I do experience sound. Okay. And I used to always dream that I was falling.
2: Oh, let's hear about that.
1: When I was younger, I had oh, just, you know, it wasn't like, it, it wasn't, it was a reoccurring dream, but I can't say that it would, you know, that it was like five times a week or, you know, it was just, I had it enough that it was a reoccurring thing. So, um, and I would be falling and then kind of flying, but fall, most, most, mostly falling. Now I would always wake up before I hit the ground. I never hit the ground. Um, and I would purposely try to push myself out and fly.
2: <laughs> Have you been successful at that?
1: I think I was a couple of times. Yeah. Because when I would, you know, when this would happen, when I was a kid, um, I did look into dreams because of that dream of the falling. I think I was a teenager and I did read that, um, you should try to control your dreams and then just, you know, make yourself fly. And so I did, I was successful at that a couple of times.
2: It feels wonderful.
1: It does. I know. It's
2: really empowering. So do you hit on that line also, since that's, I consider dream control in the lucidity vein and that's just the next step over from what people call out-of-bodies. Have you had an out-of-body?
1: No. No i can I don't think that I have
2: okay, and you know a lot of this is recall, so now this is kind of where we get into the juicy, meaty part of the interview, so um, what do you think dreams are what what's going on with all that? Well, from what
1: I've read and um, what I ascertain from myself i think that it's um it's your subconscious you know I think it's I think it's you're working stuff out from maybe you know what you've been if you've had something on your mind you know um maybe you're working that out um sometimes it is um premonitions uh it can be um you know I think it's your subconscious just you know either giving you hints and clues or it's trying to work stuff out like you're having a problem or so I think it's, it's your subconscious. I guess I should have just said that.
2: (laughs) Do you think that your dreams? So when you say subconscious and we throw that into the realm of dreams is there a difference between, say, a personal dream that is dealing with your own content and then the actual experience of being lucid, which you have had, where you have control and and there's more going on where you're not the only person driving that experience? Is there a difference? Is there more to this or is it all just part of the unconscious? Oh, no,
1: I think there's absolutely more to it. Yeah um because I there's certain people that I feel very connected to and um I I think that when we're connected we um it's almost like our subconsciouses are connected it's it's not like a hive mind per se it's it's just a it's almost like a...
3: Like a cloud.
1: Oh, I I just see like...
3: We're you know, all connected when, to the cloud. Put your
1: finger out and, you know, like a bolt of lightning or something or, you know, how your little shock waves... Are how your,
3: about that we're connected to the cloud? Mm-hmm.
1: No, I think we're connected to each other.
3: Through the cloud.
1: Well, with, it might be the cloud. With <laughs> Bitcoin. <laughs> Especially with Bitcoin. <laughs> i charge you for that. <laughs> but you you know how how you know um like our we don't end where like at the top of our head we're like it's like three feet around us or you know 12 inches above our head is where we really you know that's still part of us right because we i'm not saying this very well
2: um I think I've, you're talking about you're our talking vessels, about our physical vessels, and are actually our energetic bodies. Well, there's right. an energetic. You're field, energetic,
3: like, like your um, your aura would extend twelve inches up, and there's exactly s- supposedly a, another chakra up there,
2: right? The eighth yeah. chakra,
3: like the connection yes. point to the cloud with Bitcoin.
2: So, <laughs> so when you, but uh, I see on the what blocking. I see is <laughs> I
1: I just I see like a not so much a bolt of lightning, but just like an energy line that connects us that's how I see it I don't
2: really see it so if it connects us and we're talking about our etheric field our energetic bodies and then we're tying this in context to dreaming and in in specific lucidity then that that would be different than just your unconscious and your daily stuff that you're working out in this experience we're having in Oh
1: absolutely. I I don't think that um you're uh I I feel like you know I don't think we're ever really unconscious unless you know, not ever, I don't think. Ever, ever. So um
3: even during surgery?
1: No, I don't think so. That you're always I mean, there's always a part of you that's still awake in there.
2: Do you think that's your etheric self or your, you know, whatever you want to name? It could be your soul, whatever you want to call the energy that is you, that is housed in your body. So your body's in surgery going through a procedure. I think it's your subconscious. So It it could be your etheric.
1: I don't know. Is there a difference difference there. there?
2: That's what I I'm asking I you. Well, I'm interviewing you. <laughs> no, I'm <sorry.
1: laughs> no, I don't, I don't think that there is. I, I think the etheric and the subconscious are all rolled up into one. Uh, as far as how I feel. Um, I've had so many things come through my subconscious and, and, you know, uh, well, and, and my gut, you know, like, you this gut feeling, I think that's subconscious too. So I think there's so many different ways to, you know, say it. And there's so many different, not ways to say it. There's, you know, uh, different meanings. Or People say, well, it's your gut your subconscious, your etheric. Well, I think that's, you know, if you listen to yourself, it's all one. But it's not your brain per Mm -hmm. se, because your brain can really screw you up.
3: Isn't that really your intuition you're talking about?
1: Ego. I'm sorry. Your ego. Yes, your intuition, which I think ties to the subconscious.
2: So when you're dreaming, how is in your working separate ego from intuition or this otherness that you are? Do you, is there a, do you have a way of doing that? Yes.
1: Um, You have to pretty much check your ego at the door if you want to have any type of intuition or any type of communication um, telepathically or um, non-verbally, let's just put it that way, non-verbal communication uh, with anybody else. You cannot do it and have your ego um, Have you
2: been able to communicate with others, even the dead, through a dream state or a deep state of meditation, um, a deep inner state that is kind of separate from pulling out of the physicality? Yes,
1: but I haven't had to be in a deep state of meditation.
2: Oh, okay. You just pull that up. Yeah. In this state. Mm-hmm. That's nice. I've had a
1: lot of... Um, a lot of communication with the dead.
2: Do you think that there, is there a difference then between when you are dreaming and where the dead are?
1: I think the dead are just like right next door, but in a different frequency.
2: Is a dream the same frequency? No,
1: Um, I think the dream might be on a little it's either a higher or a lower frequency like it's all it could almost be the same but i mean i think you could get it to the same frequency if you um you know if you were vibrating higher or if you really probably if you did have you know were good at meditating and and you went into a deep meditative state um i'm sure it could be like that I have not had that personally. There's there's always kind of been a veil. So it's almost like it's lift you know, like if you lifted the veil and you were on the same wavelength as that. Yes. So this is what I'm trying to say.
2: I keep getting these text messages. <laughs> Nobody ever texted me <laughs> until now. until you were getting interviewed. <laughs> uh. Do you so have you been I know that you said you were not sleeping well currently and sometimes we had chatted about this earlier. I find Mm -hmm. like when I'm waking up a lot, I actually have amazing dreams. Are you in some dream cycles recently? Can you share them with us? I have had,
1: um, yes, I have recently. uh, One, (laughs) one dream. It was so awesome. It was, uh, Jerry and I were somewhere and like, he was sitting on this old, it was like an old Ford or it was it was just this big, big bodied car, you know, and he was like sitting on the hood and I was standing in front of him and we were just talking and we were laughing. We were laughing our asses off and I didn't get a chance to look around. And this was right after we said, let's try to dream about each other. You know, let's try to meet uh, on the astral. You know, when we had that whole thing on that hive. Mm hmm. It was like either that night or the, or the next night. And then I didn't even get a chance to like, look around. I just started to look around and Steve woke me up and I was like, damn it. I didn't even get to see if anybody else was there. Cause we were, we were like dying laughing. And then I, you know, so I woke up and I was, it, it just made me happy. And I love dreams like that
2: where it's
1: like, yeah, I was having fun with my friends and, and now I'm in a good mood.
2: Oh Yeah. That sounds like, <laughs> and that one also sounds to me like it was a lucid one. You were, you know, very conscious in it.
1: Yes, yes, I was because, yeah. And, and it was, I think I was partially starting to wake up like I was in that lucid, not so asleep, but not, you know, not awake for it's
3: sure. Sure, a uh, hypnagogic state yes thank you (laughs) that's the word I love that state Mm -hmm.
0: it is juicy
1: (laughs) it is and then let's see the other there's two more um that I've had in the last week one was um oh my gosh it was I can't remember if it was before I sent you that picture of the chemtrail cloud that had the colors in it yes or after but there were like Millions of tiny little drones, and those colors were coming out the back of them like in chemtrails that oh, was wow and this was in
2: that same same time period. Mm-hmm. so this, this, well this was
1: this was probably about two weeks after maybe so
2: three weeks this after. Is, this is part of what I'm personally looking for in in talking about this stuff with people is the line between what we're experiencing in what we call this conscious state and what we're experiencing in other states. And and that's a solid connection. So it could be front loaded. Sure. Because it happened in your daytime life and then in your night life, your night mind, it could have proceeded, but who knows the timelines are, are what, especially when we're dreaming timelines don't exist.
1: Right. Exactly. Well, and so then this next dream that I had, um, this is just a couple of nights ago. In fact, I told you, wow, I had a really weird dream last night, and I got to write it down. Um, so I had been looking at, um, like, you know, I went down a deep rabbit hole. And and then I started looking into planes in Vietnam and stuff. And I was, you know, doing some research about my dad. And I saw these planes that I had never seen before. They were really big. And so they were there from, like, 68 to 69. I was thinking, those aren't F-100s, I don't know what kind of planes those are. So that night, I had a dream about those planes. And like, I heard, so I heard like a helicopter sound, like I said, I can hear them from miles away, and they're unsettling to me for some reason. I don't, I have a feeling why, but I'm, I'm you know, I, I don't know, I'm not sure. Um, could be from living on military bases when I was a kid, stuff like that. I don't know. Um, could be a connection I have with my dad when he was shot down, you know, and he was waiting for the helicopter to come get him. Um, because I had to see a therapist when he was in Vietnam because I was so upset.
2: Oh, oh my. So
1: yeah, I was, he was there 68 to 69. So I was
2: three, three and four. Oh, that's formative.
1: Yeah. And, um, when my mom had me, she had a headache for three days. So my dad is like the first; he took care of me for those first three days. So
2: like that first connected. imprinting,
1: right? Exactly. So I feel like um there's a huge connection there. So that could be one of the reasons. Because I really I've thought about it because it really bugs me. Like I don't like that sound at all, and and so I've tried to get away from you know being negative about it. Anyway. Um, so, so this plane, so I go outside because I hear, you know, what sounds like helicopters, but then I see this plane and it's the plane that I had looked at in the picture just that day. So this was that night. And then, um, the plane comes down and then it changes into, no, I'm sorry. I thought it was a Blackhawk. No, that's right. That's what it was. thought it was a Blackhawk. Then it was a big black Chinook. So the helicopter, because I was thinking the plane doesn't make sense. It was, so it was a helicopter first. Then when it got to the ground, it was a plane. And I'd been researching about this plane crash also, but it was the plane I saw in the picture. And so it like transformed. And I just watched Transformers. So
0: <laughs> all right. these things like rolled <laughs> into one, you know?
1: I'm like, holy cow. Okay. Can I just, I guess I'm just getting all this out tonight. Um, but then, uh, after it got on the ground, um, it was just this really weird feeling like it didn't crash. It just kind of floated down and then landed and then it turned into the plane and then Steve woke me up. (laughs) So I don't know what was going to happen after that. Like I could see people and it was in color. It was definitely, definitely in color. I could see the black and then I saw, and the planes uh, are gray and like a a tan color, you know, they're like the camo, but they're not, you know, it's not the whole camo print. Anyway,
2: it was very, (laughs) definitely very weird. Was the sound in it, in your head, was it like in stereo or was it like when you were watching, say of, you know, something on your computer or in the in-house, that's not surround sound. No, it's in my gut. Oh, Okay. Interesting. So what did you make of it in the end? I think
1: um, what I didn't really think about it too much, but what I made of it was, is just like all these things rolled into one, you know, like all the, it's just all this stuff I'm researching. I think, you know, it's got to come out somehow.
0: (laughs) Right.
2: But so, Right. We get front loaded and obviously, and this is, you were speaking to this earlier, which was the, in your language, the unconscious um, working this stuff out. And so do you think though the symbols in in this day side mindset of the stuff you're doing in your case, the research and this association to these aircrafts and your father and um do you think those stood for something in your unconscious besides the front loaded images that you had been dealing with? Or was it just strictly working out and filing what's going on in your day to day life? Oh, that's a good question. Um,
1: oh, wow. You know, I'm sure. I'm sure it's part of, you know, what I'm doing in my day-to-day life. Um, and then, you know, like in, I hardly ever watch movies and I was at Ashley's and so we had watched uh, the Transformer movie and um, because I think that's the first time I've, ever, well, no, I've had things turn into to other things before, but that's usually been in like a super long dream where there's like three dreams in one. And Mm -hmm. it goes, you know, but this happened like succinctly, you know, as it was coming to the ground. Um, And I think the helicopters are definitely uh, some, a metaphor for Mm
2: -hmm. some stuff. Yeah. The symbols are potent and they, they, I mean, clearly you were, You can place them in your daily life as to, you know, why they would show up there, but it's a matter of what they represent. And we did get some background on that associated with your father in your early development. So the symbols are deep. I think it means I need to call my dad
1: <laughs> because I've been thinking about him and I haven't called him. And I said, I would <laughs> No, I mean, but there's other things too, but well, that, that's
2: that right be. there is significant, Suzanne, right there alone. Yeah, it if, is. That, if nothing else, it's like, and you, and what, if you call him and he says, you know, something, something significant that, you know, I, I was thinking about you something to connect. Yeah. That would dot. be
1: awesome. Yeah. Hmm. That, that would be awesome. I always love, oh, I, those are like juicy to me. I love getting those. Do you have deja vu's? I used to get them all the time, and I haven't had any probably in two years. What do you think about
2: deja vu? Um,
1: I think it's a, for me, I think it, it's either you know, like, leftover energy that you recognize, or um, it could be something from, you know, another life, or uh, past life, or, you know, somebody you knew, trying to, you know, it could be um, like a spirit trying to
2: show you something, or
1: I don't know, it's, a re- it's definitely a recall, so I
2: well, when you're having a deja vu and you're, you know, when that happens, it's kind of, mm-hmm. you kind of, everything slows in. You stop, you want to capture it. You want to hold on to it. You want to relish it and you want to pinpoint why do I know this moment? Have you been able to ever pinpoint it? Like this was a part, some other episode in my life or this was a dream or have they all been completely mysterious where you were not sure why you were having them? like what they didn't have a grounding point. So that would fall into another life or it's, you know um,
1: for any of the ones that I really tried to suss out and figure out, it always ended up being a connection with someone, somebody I was connected to at the time. Um, Okay. So like I would have, Oh, I had so many deja vus when I was dating Gary. Um, We went a lot of places you know, a lot of new places that I'd never been before. And, and I just, I would, I would get deja vu like I'd been there before. But I know he'd been there before. And it was and we had this like, energy. it was almost like a spark. It was, there was so much energy between us. So like, I, I found him in the middle of Palo Alto one time, I had no idea where he was. Never gave me directions. I just followed my gut and found him. Oh wow! When I was working one day. I know it was so that's crazy. significant. Yes,
2: <laughs> yes. So that's thing. that of
3: dude could have I been had. your soulmate.
2: I know. Seriously, oh, he screwed <laughs> up. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's so many do overs. <laughs> it seems like eternal do overs,
1: right? Yeah. So if that's the case, then you know, I you know. We may have another chance. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe he'll grow up. <laughs> uh, deja vu. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> but so it was that kind of a... So, you know, it's that sparky connection that you get with people. I don't know. I've had that with... On a different level as well. Like with friends. Just friends. Not so much, you know, somebody was involved with. You know, more than friends. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I totally know what you're talking about.
1: Yeah. So... And then I've also felt, um, energy, uh, leftover energy and I've seen it. So. And I see what, would you elaborate on that?
2: What do you mean by leftover energy? So, um,
1: it would be energy from, you know, from long ago. Um, you know, what, what brings to mind is one time I was filming residual energy. Yeah. Residual energy. Yeah. Um, and I was looking down the road and, um, my, I just got this impression in my mind of, um, like a, a, you know, like a, not a wet, not one of those covered wagons, but like a wagon that you would haul stuff in with, and horses pulling, and then just like, you know, going really fast. Like you were going to town in a, in a, in a wagon in your hall and you were hauling stuff, you know, like little house on the prairie. But mm-hmm. it was just, you know, out on this one road that I always drive on. Um, and, I, and it was actually over the bridge. It was over this bridge. And I was just looking down the bridge and I just kept seeing that. So um, that's kind of a residual energy thing. And, and I can see the wavy lines and stuff. I mean, it, and it depends on how, you know, in tune I am right at the moment as well.
3: How would you distinguish that from, like, your imagination?
1: Oh, I could totally distinguish it from the two, you know, um, because it's not something I think about. Um, If I was going to imagine something um you know like if i sat there and 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 looked down the road and thought about i wonder who's been here before um i don't know that i'd so much go to a wagon and horses uh right away i, I probably would have started with like native americans if you know if i'm playing the imagination game where you know i i want to know cuz i've i've done that before i've gone to several places where Native Americans um
3: had villages and stuff. And that is a form of remote viewing. So.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. and and I wanted to I actually tried to capture uh like residual energy of like um of dancing. Um there's this one place uh, out by where they diverted Pewda Creek. And it's this low valley. Um, they made these, uh, they made these, oh, what are they? Where you drive on, they're, just, you know, they made these hills where you just drive on canal. I guess it's a canal bank or something because I think it floods in there. So. Could be, could be an easement
3: um, or ba- embankment.
1: Embankment, yeah. Um, and it's really beautiful. uh where I was looking and I was just, I, you know, I get drawn to different places and then I just, you know, as so I think part of that was my imagination, I wanted to see them dancing. <laughs> and so I kind of imagined it. Um, but I think, you know, I think, I think it did happen there too. So
2: what do you think that, so I'm looking for your ideas on, your personal memory so when we were talking about your memory of dreams that we you had earlier your memory of events in your life and then the distinction between or the juxtaposition between your memory and dreams and these deja vu experiences what's the difference there how are they separate oh god I don't know.
1: Maybe they're not separate. Maybe maybe it's all kind of you know, maybe your imagination are memories you pull from or in the ether or
3: things that are out there.
2: Is it any more real than a memory of you and your father? A memory of you and your kids?
3: Any less real.
2: Or more. I mean... I'm going, you know, negative zero to positive zero. I'm sliding <laughs> these timelines. <laughs>
1: um, that's, a, that's interesting. I think it depends on, on the state you're in, like um, how you're feeling if you're, you know, just kind of, if you're in your head, if you're not in your head, if you're listening... To your gut, you know it. It depends on what kind of a
2: place you're coming
1: from. I guess. Well, is what for I'm example,
2: to say. the most—if you think back to the most visceral, realistic, lucid dream you've had that you can just still pull up, you can taste it, smell it, hear it. How is that different from any other tangible memory in your apparent life here? As you know, Suzanne Potter Thomas, you know with the three-year-old memory with your father or something like that, is there a difference in, in the quality? No, I don't, when I think about
1: it, I don't think there is.
2: see, I find this, this is a fascinating place to ruminate on.
1: Yeah, it is. I've never really thought about this before.
3: It blurs the line between reality, imagination and dreaming. It does. You know, if you're a really good visualizer and you could visualize an entire dimension, you could go live in it. Oh, yeah. So once you leave your body, I I think time doesn't exist, at least not in the way, you know, we know it. That it it
1: exists here. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely. I'm a very good visualizer. In fact, um, I would rather learn I mean I I can read and comprehend reading but I think I learned better visually and hands on doing
3: it myself I think most people do and I yeah, definitely I do. do and that's the yeah. reason icons are so popular or have become
0: popular
2: yeah <laughs> do definitely. you do you experience any significant amount I know I asked this question earlier but where did D replace in drilling this information down. So when you think about characters in dreams and particularly the ones that really stand out, have they pushed back? Does it feel like you're they're not you? Has there been a true interaction? Have you taken information in from characters in dreams? I know that I have,
1: definitely. Um. None. Recently, there hasn't been any interaction other than, you know, that one dream with Jerry where we were laughing. But, like, right. I don't remember. us. You know, nobody was cracking jokes. I just we were slapping our asses off and we were really happy. And, you know, and that was just like a.
3: I was ripping on Steve.
1: Second. <laughs> He's going to wake you up any second. You're not going to be able to look around. Uh, out here.
2: The only um, reason I ask again is sometimes the second question, the second time around with the question actually has jarred the information out. So I, I just wanted to see how that, how that has evolved as we've, as we've gone into this conversation. What do you think um, happens when you die? And this is kind of the ending of this, essentially before we ask questions that it, it, it seems to me that there's a clear connection between etheric a a dream state and what we perceive as death on this end. So what do you think about that?
1: I think that um, we just, you know, we go on. Our bodies don't, but we do. Um, our soul, you know, whatever you want to call it. I think it's our essence, our sustenance.
2: Is that different what than makes when you dreaming? Us.
1: No, I don't think it's different than when you're dreaming. No, I, I I think we're all... To me, it's all one. I mean, you could, I've since I've never astral projected. I don't know what that's like. I mean, I've I've been able to control dreams and stuff, so um, that's you know obviously I'm not looking at my you know it's not like I'm looking down and I see my body and stuff. But, so I'm I'm not dis- I don't feel disconnected from my body. But definitely, when we die, you know, we don't go on. I don't know. I mean. I was going to go on with the body, it wouldn't be the body I'm in now. It would be like my my 16-year-old body. <laughs> you know what I mean?
2: Oh, yeah. This is... Um, well, what's fascinating because when, we, when we're talking about it, the ether, essentially, whatever it is, the cloud, whatever that is, uh, uh, us in a non-physical, non-gravitational experience, it's different, yet we are somehow... Weighted down here, and so with the whole thing, with the whole idea of timelines and multiverse, and all the stuff that's swimming around our collective conscious now these days, just in general conversation, you know, it's not so esoteric anymore. Um, I'm I'm questioning what's the difference. I mean, essentially could we be dead right now, Suzanne, and we're just incarnate? Are we actually, you know, what's this experience we're having?
3: Or what if we're in a life review right now? Thank
2: you, Jerry.
1: Yes. <laughs> I have thought of this often. I have thought of this often.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And we, I mean, who's to say we're not? We could be. I mean, can you, go outside and, I mean, I don't wear, I hardly ever wear shoes. So I'm, like, always walking on the earth and, you know, Uh, I'm always connected. I've always been very connected to the earth. I've always planted a ton of stuff. I've, you know, um, just always digging my hands in the dirt. and, And who's to say that this isn't, you know, like, a heaven on earth or or have I don't know? I mean, like, yeah, we could be
2: or hell, right? What makes this tangible more tangible than we perceive our dreams to be, or our past to be, or or our our sacred dead to be? What makes this the focus? Probably because
1: only because I know I'm in theory awake <laughs> instead of dreaming but how do you how do Allegedly? you get to that conclusion uh, it's probably programming
0: <laughs> <laughs> honestly i don't know that's all i can say we're programmed that way <laughs> to believe suddenly
1: away, like looney tunes <laughs> cartoons
2: are running through my head bugs bunny with the the with, with the the and the yeah in the hairy beast one that he did the cool little hairy one and yeah, I mean, this is <laughs> these are real questions that I, I I ponder often, especially when things become absurd, and and oh, as yes. we look around, right? Things God. are very absurd, and and they seem more out of line or bigger, gigantic, more melodrama around us. So it's starting to feel more dreamlike than it than it used to, at least in my memory. Watching the, the news. Past.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: is absurd to me like I can't I I totally go there I'm like am I awake is this is, are they really is this really happening like they're really trying to sell this to someone you know how could this be I think that all the time and I the only time I ever watch the news is when I go to Ashley's or Andrew's Although it's because not
0: very
3: often on it.
2: <laughs> but it's it's a good example of the fact that there is this sense of melodrama around this larger than life, brighter craziness yes. outside of you know of of you, of yourself, and it's all looking absurd. And right. so when we classically look at dreams. You know, that's kind of a characteristic of dreaming.
1: But my dreams are not as, as absurd as the news.
2: Well, then that begs <laughs> the question, which side, right. is, which side are you really on? <laughs> Where are you then? Is this the dream?
1: Oh, boy.
2: Because, as we ascertained earlier, <clears throat> pardon me, you you don't just get into fall into a dream and have complete control you don't just immediate most people don't it the lo- no, most exactly. people don't have a lot of control and so when they finally get it it's a it's a it's a grand feeling to fly around or pop around and and, and start moving your reality but that's exactly. that's a state of evolution really and um, of, of a lot of times hard work So Mm -hmm. here we are in the melodramatic realm, the upside down world. And I'm (laughs) questioning (laughs) what the (laughs) hell are we dreaming? Well, and I have questioned that too. A lot. I think this, and this is happening. So, and then it also begs the question of, so for new what we're considering newer souls coming in i guess so the younger generations they're coming into what looks like this craziness but it's the normal for them
3: if, and if and they're human
2: if they're human and and that's again ties into all of this so but those of us from generation x which i think we all three here are um I'm, there I'm was
3: not, i'm not
0: we don't oh, have that's a. right
2: Jerry yeah, we... is Jerry's trans.
3: I'm a liminal. I'm a liminal. <laughs> You're
2: liminal. You're in between. You're in between. <laughs> yes. well, I am too,
1: aren't I? I think you are. Yeah, actually. we're both sixty-five. Okay. Yeah, so. we're both sixty-five. So I'm solid. There was, like a, there was like a nothing there because they it, tried to lump us in with the baby boomers. I'm like, we're not baby boomers.
0: And we're not. No. Sure. We're like
1: after the freaking World War
2: II. But we can agree that things were not so. I mean, even though there was a lot of drama, there was a lot of stability holding down the realm. So, and whatever you want to call it, you know, we can get into the whole slavery system and all that, but it was not so volatile. No, not, it
1: was not.
2: And it is now. And we, we are, are all clocking the difference in the sun, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we could go on and on. The Hive talks about all this stuff and all these people we listen to, um, speculate into these other realms so i'm just trying to ground the fact that we all three here can at least agree that things are dramatically different in an absurd way almost and not
3: absolutely
2: not the same and it's not like grandma said in the good old days you know <laughs> no exactly but i know so, it,
3: like- has it really changed or are we just now witnessing the craziness
1: or you has know, there been a like, flip? Well, see, that's another thing, or, or too. Both. Because or both. not everybody witnesses it. No, well, if you talk to any member of your family that doesn't, you know, go to these lengths that we do. Like my dad. And they, you know, believe, right, like my parents, they believe what the news is telling them, right. blah, blah, blah. If it's not in the Wall Street you know, Journal, I mean, it uh, didn't happen. I know that they don't believe every little detail, but... Um, but they're in a, in a stage of their life where they're not questioning things anymore, you know, like they're
3: well, or, or like my parents or like never kids. questioned anything.
2: Oh, OK. I think I, that's I, just, I, I think that holds do. true for a lot uh, for the majority, really, that it's always been the minority that's cool. Woke, woken up and said cluck cluck <laughs> you know like what right, exactly. what's going on here what's this fence and um yes but it right now it does seem like there's a wave we're riding a terminus here i think well,
3: oh much because we're heading for the reboot
2: <laughs> well but, but
1: some people say we rebooted in 2012.
3: they're probably part of the galactic federation or, of
1: Light. We all died in twenty twelve <laughs> and we're all dead. I mean there's so many theories out there that's like
2: were we alive though? This is mm-hmm. where where are we? Really? Where are we? I think we're non local, all of us. I think
1: we are non local. But forgot. Not
2: not all of us. Okay, this is that's a whole different conversation, but certainly yes. a lot of the people we all interact with because we're all we're all trying to make sense of what's going on.
1: And I think the the more you try to make sense of it, the more you realize you don't
2: know jack shit. <laughs> well, there
0: I mean, is there's something just...
2: that feels like we flipped. Like we we actually did an antiodramia, which is just you, the pendulum swung to the other side, and now we've we've flipped. Was that on June first? Well, I I or don't know when there. because what's the time? What Whoa. is June first? You know, what I mean, what's What's that, what,
3: Jerry? That's when I noticed something. But I also noticed something last November, a similar pendulum flip. I wrote about it. But I, I don't want to take up a show. It's an hour now. So.
2: Yeah. So at this point, this has been a wonderful interview. And we, at this point, we like to ask questions from our, our audience, our nine people in the chat.
0: <laughs> Thank Yay. you. And nine I'm people. Look over
2: there. I know we love you all. They're all familiar faces. That's awesome. They're familiar avatars that we love. Hi, Darcy. Okay, Darcy's out there. Awesome. Hello, everyone. Nomad, Nomad, yay! Greatest <laughs> potential. Sean, Shameless. Hi, Hello. Sean. These are all our shout-outs.
1: Patola.
2: So, oh, James cruising was cruising for steak. <gasps> James. Yep. Um, so we're opening it up to all of you out there. Do you have questions for Suzanne?
0: <laughs> What's what
2: <is> that? that? <laughs> I love it. What is it? That's pretty awesome. We are the ghosts in the machine. That's right. Oh yeah, Snowman. You How many times
1: I've heard that recently?
2: Yeah, it seems to be coming round again. That yes. that
1: meme. yes.
2: I don't see any questions coming in. So I know we're in a delay. We're in like a 30 second delay. Yeah. But I don't see.
3: 20 seconds.
2: 20 seconds. There's great a great conversation going in there, as there always is. But I don't see anything specific to a question. So I suppose with that, we're going to wrap this up. Suzanne, this was wonderful. Thank you for being our second guest. Thank you, and it's and stimulating totally awesome. this. You. Yeah, you right, and stimulating this conversation. I think that needs to just continue to grow. Like we're really just trying to understand where are we. And,
3: and you're giving me some <laughs> yes. ideas for a topic for Friday night. For the oh, house. cool. So we could talk about it- where, <laughs> the, the whole thing about where you go when you die, and how is that separate from dream time and astral and Yada yada yada. Yeah. It all
2: feeds into the hive, right?
3: Yeah. (laughs) Everything does.
2: We get so many good I
1: you know, like we bounce so many good things off of each other there and
3: not only they're throughout the week when we chat.
1: Yeah, and throughout the week.
3: Exactly. Accumulate this of crap to talk about. So
2: Jerry, we it looks like we have a couple questions. Oh okay. Why Uh, don't you roll over there?
3: Uh, somebody asked before what was your experience with the person named Failed, <laughs> and then it was also stated he doesn't mind you talking about it.
1: Okay. Um, I noticed he was in the chats last night, and you know, just wanted to talk, and and then as soon as I saw he wanted to talk, um, he said he was going to go to bed, and so. Um, I've said this to him. You know, you and I have worked on this jar where we have communicated telepathically. Yes. You know, um, and and we did a pretty good job. So, and i and I frequently send love and and send you know little words of encouragement to my friends and stuff. And last night, um, I did say it's going to be okay and I've said it several times to him because he's going through kind of a rough spot and I can identify with that and um, you know how I'm like the mom of everyone so (laughs) I've always been the mom no matter how how old I was and uh, um, he heard a voice say it's going to be okay at 1.50 a.m. And I, he, he sent that message at 1250 that I saw and I said, it's going to be okay. And I sent him love and, and he said, you know, that he heard this voice and what was that about? And I said, well, I told you it was going to be okay. And I've said it several times to you. Um, you know, I, I've expressed that message to him. Not verbally, but, you know, um, in, you know, in my mind, I've sent that to him and I guess he heard it last night. So
2: that's, that's pretty great.
1: Yeah. I thought it was really great because as soon as he said that, I was like, well, that was me. You finally heard me (laughs) that because I've been telling him it for a long time. So, well, I mean, for, for, for a few weeks now, but I say it several times. So several times a week, I I will say that. So it's pretty great that he heard me.
2: Let's see. Omar says he asked one. Let's see what he's got here. I have an understanding that non-human looking entities can displace a person. Possession is an example. We've been catching them peeps trying to flip okay, so is that the question? He's been catching that, that
3: wasn't really a question. I think it was
1: It's
3: no, like a it response. To, we were having a we were talking earlier about um dreams and getting possessed, walk ins, whatever, when you're dreaming. When you're out of body or taken to a cloning center, perhaps, wherever. You know. It was an earlier part of when you guys were talking. We we're talking about. Right okay,
2: ago, so. yeah, I haven't been looking over here, so I just assumed. Oh, I've never had a gene like that.
3: Well, that's I, that I know of. I think that like the stuff that Donald Marshall goes through,
0: mm-hmm. and he
3: even says it's REM, it's REM cloning that that they take your consciousness when you're in REM.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So that, that's, I think, the, the idea there.
2: Here is this question. What do you think about bows and how other people can interface into your mind and push you out? I think uh, he means, think is yeah. that OBEs?
0: Yes. You should be really yes.
1: strong.
3: Yeah, I've never experienced Really
1: that. Strong and know yourself. I've never um, I've never had that happen, but I have had uh, where I was overwhelmed. I think I manifested some stuff that was pretty overwhelming and had a really bad experience. Um, It could have taken over,
2: but. (laughs) Yeah, and you did outline that earlier. So it, it led me to believe definitely you have a strong sense of control. Yes. I'm a control freak. <laughs> Greatest potential says dream more of a favored son. And then he's got a tagline joke while the other son fixes things. But that was, that <laughs> but was he, part well, of the other was, conversation. Okay. That, that's an interesting question, actually. Like, do you have. We were, we were talking about
3: know, the context was dreaming yourself into a new position. in life.
2: Oh.
1: That's interesting.
0: Yeah. I've
1: the, never thought about it doing dream wise. I've, I've done intention work that's totally worked. I've know, heard, it's, it's done great.
3: I've heard from a few people now that uh, at some point in our past, maybe uh, we went to a collective dream time, a, a group shared dream time, and that's where we did our creating and it would then manifest here. So everything oh, was created in dream time. And then it will materialize on the 3D plane, in Midgard, as it were.
2: Oh, I'm going to have to start practicing that more then. And Darcy brings up... Og's been on my mind today because I watched a couple of his um, his posts. And so, you know, he's so brilliant. So when she says... Mm -hmm. déjà vu we, we don't know <laughs> yeah i mean it well it's the reality of everything right now
0: <laughs> but yeah, it, it
2: time slips you know so mm-hmm. or not seamless time slips déjà vu aug says it's not team, seamless time slips what is it Let's so see. what does he
1: say that it is
2: I'm not, a, I don't know that much about Og. I've only just discovered him since Jerry sent me a couple links like a week ago. So I've been kind of, I want to get him on and talk to him.
0: I think his,
3: his, uh, his version of time is more of a virus, a mind virus.
0: Yeah. Than... But what does he
1: say about deja vu? I can't remember if I watched that whole video where he was talking about
3: Deja Vu. It's, I think he equated it to what it was like in Westworld, where they wiped out the old OS and put a new host in. Oh. Um, and then. Yeah. Remember the guy, he went nuts. He thought he was like the old preacher or something.
0: You yes. You remember I didn't it's, watch. It's, okay. I didn't
1: watch that. Sure. But no, I understand. It's genius. I, I know. I just. And made by Crowley
2: so and then nomad has a question here um what's the best psychedelic you've ever tried
3: oh we forgot to add that question in
2: yes we need to type that in i'll do that right
3: now
1: you know i tried mushrooms when i was like 24 but i didn't really get any i didn't have any like you know woohoo type of you know It wasn't like a psychedelic experience from what other people, you know. I'm only going off of what other people have said their experiences are. Um, I could have a whole psychedelic experience just, you know, if I think real hard about
0: something.
1: Right. I mean, I can can just plug into it. Yeah, I can plug right into it. You're kind of like me
3: in that, you know, I've done acid like three or four times, but I never tripped i never had that ego death that everyone talks about
1: yeah i've never experienced that i don't
3: so, think i want uh, to to be honest so i probably won't
2: yeah it's I later than you think Cherry.
3: no it's only 22 <laughs> 22 right now
2: no, I love that line though from movies. It's always like um Season of the Witch from Romero, I think, which is his opus film, but that it's a meme they throw through it, you know, when she's transforming into what becomes her powerful self, which is the transformation into a witch, and they're constantly saying it's later than you think, Joan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Omar says that deja
3: vu is actually a timeline perception. I assume he means an alternate timeline.
1: I I would yeah, I would totally buy that.
3: You also said that I could I could see that. Avatars in a mental hive mind with holographic projections, which is totally the way I see it. But anyway.
1: That's interesting. Let's see. Obviously. I I mean everything is possible.
3: Sure, and nothing's possible. We could just be meat bags that die. Yeah.
1: Have,
3: have <laughs> Although fun. I have too
1: much <laughs> intuition to know that that we're that this is nothing.
3: I actually I mean, heard, it just reminded me. I just heard someone last night say that people with a a green aura are evil. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you know that that sword blow. Book he put out many years ago. I
3: think it was him, but believe it or not.
2: That Okay, that because he's always saying green is like unhealthy. I think of green in the earth and Gaia and all this, you know, growing things. Yeah. But there are shades of green. I understand the herpy green, that, you know, the sickly, like pussy green. But yeah. he is the associating oftentimes green with all that negative energy. Makes I don't green. agree with green that.
3: Green to me is heart energy.
2: Yeah absolutely. absolutely. That's what struck me odd about him and it it, it still does. You, you just can't throw green under that bust that it's that type. And then you think about this Agartha and Shambhala and all this. The green light is is very sacred. It's it's um it's, oh, I believe
1: green is very sacred. I love green, and Green's it's my favorite color.
2: It's a beautiful color, and it, it definitely translates to etheric energy, also. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Well, this is why we have conversations. So, it's trying to piece together these realms of thought.
1: Yes, and what I always do is I may look at a you know work from a lot of different people uh, that they've done. And then I just, you know, whatever resonates with me or resonates with me is, you know, what I will, you know, like put in my tool bag, you know, like I have a little tool bag and I'll put those little tools in there and and then I'll remember those um, later on when I need them or whatever. But I, I don't think everybody
2: has the answer. That's that's why we're all talking. This <laughs> And this is why we need to talk.
0: Yeah. So on that,
2: we are trying to keep these shows at – about an hour and 15 minutes. So
3: which we are That's right awesome. at right now.
2: Yes. Yay! So we're going to we're going to wrap this up. Thank you everyone in the chat and Suzanne, I love you. Thank you for coming on. I love on. you too. Yes. I love you guys. Thank you.
3: Thank you Suzanne. That was awesome. Thank you Nish.
1: Thank you Jerry. Thank, Thank you
3: Jerry. Viewers, have a great evening and we'll see you next week.
1: Have a great night everyone. Same time,
3: same bad channel.